Welcome to the Clever Girls Know podcast. This is Bola from CleverGirlFinance.com. So my guest on the show today is Adrian Garland, and Adrian is the CEO and founder of She Leads Media, and it's a media and marketing consultancy dedicated to enhancing the visibility and influence of women entrepreneurs and leaders around the world. And her mission with She Leads Media is to inspire, educate, and showcase women as the leaders that we are through in-person conferences, events, and an online community. And on this episode, Adrian and I have a very honest conversation about building a successful business the journey to building a successful business, our experiences in our past careers, and just basically how far we've come and just things that, you know, have brought us here. We talk specifically about challenges we faced working in corporate America and how it's organized from a very male perspective. We talked about why women should be thinking of other women as they build and scale their businesses and considering the needs that women have as they come to work for you in your businesses. We also talked about her journey in business, including how she started out with no idea how to start a business. We talked about some of the motions that Adrian has gone through as she is building her business. For instance, her not yet earning what she'd like to, mental blocks that she has experienced, mindset shifts that she has had to make, and also how she's approaching being able to charge what she's worth. And finally, Adrian, who is an incredible pitch coach, coaches us on how to execute the perfect pitch, whether it be for your career or in your business. There are definitely some great tips you can take away from how she teaches us how to execute that perfect pitch. But before we get into this awesome conversation with Adrian, if you haven't already subscribed to this podcast and you love what you're listening to, you can do that on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and you can also listen to and watch videos on the Clever Girl Finance YouTube channel. And also, if you have a moment, please head over to iTunes and leave a review for this podcast so that other women can find us on iTunes and start listening to this podcast as well. As usual, there is always a ton of brand new content every single week on the Clever Girl Finance website website at clevergirlfinance.com. And I've also recently added a new challenge called the Fresh Start Challenge. It's a 10-day challenge to a fresh start and better relationship with your money. And if you'd like to check that out, just head over to the website at clevergirlfinance.com and subscribe there as well. So let's get into the conversation with Adrienne, who, by the way, is another one of my cohort sisters from the business incubator that I completed earlier this year that you guys may have heard me talk about on this podcast from time to time. Hi, Adrian. Hi, Bola. How are you today? <laughs> I'm doing great. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Same here. I'm really excited to have another cohort sister um, on the podcast. Yay. And I'd love for you to introduce yourself. Okay. Well, uh, hello to Bola's audience, Clever Girl Finance. My name is Adrian Garland, and I am the CEO of She Leads Media. She Leads Media is a marketing and media company that serves women who are in the second chapter of their career, and they have chosen entrepreneurship as that second phase. That's awesome. And I know a lot about your business, but I'd love for you to share some of your personal story. Why did you start your business? What's your background? Why She Leads Media? Mm. So I think so many of us women start businesses that are very personal to you know who they are uh, because we want to provide guidance uh, for other women that we uh, feel are like us. So the reason that I started the business is I had always been in 
corporate America. I had a very traditional job. Uh, I have my MBA in marketing and I worked at a media company for about 10 years. And I sort of rose through the ranks and went on to a couple of different companies. And I got to a place and I, I looked around at the management. It was the next you know, step up for me. And I decided that I didn't really like what I saw and that I had to give up a lot of who I was as a, a woman, as a mother, um, in order to get to that next level in corporate. And I just didn't want to do it. And so what I wanted to do is I wanted to launch my own business. I had always had an entrepreneurial you know, streak. And even though I had all of this corporate experience and, and my MBA, all this training, I really didn't know what it meant to launch my own business. So I started by uh, working together with a friend who was an, an event planner. And I brought together women that were successful, that had successfully started and grown their own businesses so that I could learn from them. And I invited other women that I knew that wanted to also be entrepreneurs so that collectively we could hear from these really incredible women and understand the steps that we needed to take in order to launch our own business. And I really did this conference as a, an experiment. It was just, you know, something that I that I wanted to do one off. And I got such incredible feedback from all of the attendees because I I did this conference from my own personal point of view. And I think people really... um, That really resonated with people because they had been to conferences in the past that were just, you know, boring, not so interactive. And I really created something that was different and interactive so that I could, could learn. Um, so I, you know, I did the conference again and got a, you know amazing feedback and just continued on. And over the years, uh, the the conference has really grown, and I supplement a lot of the income that I earn from the conference with working with women business owners one on one in in a custom consulting. Um, arrangement so that they can figure out what it is that they need to do to take their business to the next level. I love that. I think that's so great because, you know, a lot of us as women, when we make that shift from our careers into starting our own businesses, we don't know a lot of stuff, right? What you said about giving things up, you know, in a career as a mom, as a woman are so true. I I came from a technology background and I was... 99% 99% of the time, usually the only woman in meetings, usually, you know, just very interesting situations, yeah. <laughs> you know, and um, I came from a company that didn't have maternity leave when I was pregnant mm-hmm. you know, and working around that. And I had, I once, I had one female boss and I remember at the time I was in the process of planning my wedding and we were supposed to be going for premarital counseling. And I told her I have a seven o'clock, you know, 6.30, I have to get to, she's like, oh, you, can you just cancel it? You should have your fiance organize your schedule because that's what my husband does. We need to finish this. I'm like, I, I can't believe this one doesn't get that. So I, I understand what you mean by you have to give up a lot of stuff. I've had yeah. the 1am nights at work, but then you move into entrepreneurship 
And then you think you're going to get this like (laughs) change of lifestyle, which is not necessarily true, but it's on your own terms. Yes. You still work late, you still work hard, but it's, it's on your own terms and it's, you still can spend the time with your kids and be there to pick up your kids, but still take time out later at night to work on your business. You can still build that business successfully and put in the hard work and the sweat and the tears, but still be available for your family and still, you know, be in your full capacity as a woman. I I feel like so many women are in that same boat where, you know, you're having to, to give up something when you're when you're working for corporate because I, I still think that even though there are new companies that are starting and they're much more progressive than mm-hmm. you know maybe when when I was um, when I had my corporate job um, there's still an expectation that you do give up and you know get help so that you can you know be in the office and, and work and, and travel and um, I understand it to a certain extent. Um, at the same time, I just don't feel that the way that corporate America is is organized and set up even today, that it is it it, it, it it's organized from a very male perspective. Yeah, even absolutely. If, yeah, <laughs> you know, even if there are accommodations made for women, and that's the. I feel like that's the perspective. Accommodations need to be made as opposed to, you know, thinking about people from a holistic perspective. And that's how the company started. So accommodations don't need to be made. It's it's just baked into the way that the corporation um, has been created. And I think that's something that women can do when they are starting their businesses. Mm. Start your business with those things in mind so that as you grow and scale, you're growing and scaling a, a very progressive, holistic, inclusive company from the get-go. Absolutely. I love that. And I, I think there are new companies that try, you know, to take care of all of their employees, male and female. But I think that a lot of companies still need a lot of work. Um, yeah. You know, just given my experience, given my friends' experiences, you know, I, I, I laugh when I used to laugh when I would see those reports about the best places to work for yeah. women. And I'm like, why is this even a report? Why can't this just be the best place to work, period? Why does it have to be for women? Does it yeah. have a nursing room? Is there maternity leave? Is you like, what is this? <laughs> I know. I know. And it's funny, like the, the older that I get to, my kids are uh, older, they're in high school now. And I read about the best places for women to work and they talk about maternity leave. And, you know, at that point in my life, that would have been very important. But now I'm an older, you know, woman that doesn't need maternity leave, but I need other things to accommodate my my family and my life that the companies don't talk about. So, you know, a, a workplace is not, you know, good for women just because it has maternity leave. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> And then not every woman has, you know, not every woman chooses to have children either. So I don't know. It's limiting. That's true. So ladies, if you're working in a career and you're listening to, listening to this and, you know, you're kind of feeling some kind of way because maybe your employer is not necessarily quotes, in quotes, accommodating you properly, you know, I encourage you to be an advocate for yourself. When I was working, I joined the committee to make sure that maternity leave was um, 
put in place for the women at my company. I didn't get it, but it was put in place shortly after. I had to take, I had to use all my vacation time and take unpaid um, leave, but it did eventually get put in place. So be an advocate for yourself and for the women at your company and present your your needs and present present what it is that you want your company to do for you, given what you do for your company. And it's not that you are um, overstepping your boundaries or you are, you know, um, rioting or (laughs) 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 you're just advocating for what you should have. And if you are a business owner or thinking about starting a business and you're thinking about growing and scaling your business, like what Adrian said, as you start hiring, as you start putting structures in place to grow your business, make your business that place that is a great place for everybody to work, a great place for, really a great place for women to work, not just like because you have a nursing room. (laughs) So, So Adrian, I wanted you to, with this episode, talk about your journey in business, right? So we've kind of talked a little bit about Chili's Media and your background of what what prompted you to start this business? But I kind of want to, I wanted to delve a little bit deeper into the topic of the journey in business, right? Because mm-hmm. a lot of times I feel like well, a lot of what compels people to start business is, is the passion, right? They're passionate about this business, but then they're also motivated by what they see, um, which could be a perceived success of what other people are doing, right? So mm-hmm. I'm going to quit my job to start this business because um, I really want to do this. I love this idea. I'm passionate about this, but I know 10 other women who are doing amazing and it's amazing. It's amazing. But we, I think it really needs to be discussed. The, the in-between part, right? The in-between, between, in-between, between the, the quitting the job, the starting the business and then getting to the other side and you're like, Oh my God, I'm successful. (laughs) I think we're all kind of working towards that space. So what does it feel like to not be successful when you want to be successful right now? And you and I just had, we kind of touched on this conversation before we started recording the podcast, right? Because we're both at stages in our business where we have big visions, right? Mm -hmm. And we're very much in the motions of working towards those businesses. And people from the outside, Side in may look at us and say, Oh, these women are successful. Wow, she has that big conference. Well, Bola has this big platform. But then we, you know, we are successful in specific rights and, you know, in that sense. But when we think about our visions that we know what we're trying to accomplish, we're not quite there yet. So, what does it feel like to you to not be successful? I, I don't know if those are the right words to use, but let's just use that. Sure. Not be successful when you want to be successful right now. Yeah. So, wow. You know, we're, we're right in the midst of, uh, you know, (laughs) not feeling like we've achieved the dream. I I think. Exactly. Yeah. That's it. it. Um, I also think that it's particularly difficult to make that transition from corporate to entrepreneurship, especially if you've been successful in the corporate realm, because you sort of have an idea of what success looks like. And, and it comes with, you know, hopefully a big paycheck, uh, you know, respect, <laughs> uh, an office, you know, uh, you know, you're able to lead people. Um, and when you're an entrepreneur, I think the the definition of what success is has to change. So 
I do consider myself very successful um, in the fact that I'm I'm still here, <laughs> you know, doing what I'm doing because many times I experience. Um, you know, fear. And also, I, you know, I want to give up, you know, every single day, I think as an entrepreneur, I, I sort of want to, you know, close the doors and, and lock it up. Um, but so to really answer your question, what does it feel like to um, not be as successful as we want to be? For me, that is, I am not making the type or earning the type of revenue and income from my business that I, I did when I was in corporate. So to me, it's super frustrating to know that I am working so hard and, and putting my absolute everything into my business and not getting the financial results that I expect. Um, so the the feeling is frustration. You know, mm-hmm. it, it feels very frustrating. And when you're in that mindset of frustration, questioning why not, why not, why not, I think that it prevents someone from being able to find that creative solution. So, you know, what I've done lately is really focus in on my mindset and not focus on the problem but to take a step back and really just al- allow my mind to be the the creative mind that it is that that allowed me to even you know jump into being an entrepreneur in the first place and in that space i feel like some creative solutions can happen or um you know also being open enough to realizing that maybe some things need to change and shift in my business or how I approach things so that I can get to a, a different level of of revenue. So, you know, for everybody out there that is feeling frustration, you know, whether it's with your business or with your career that you're not getting to the next level or, you know, with your finances, you know, I think taking a step back and stop focusing so intently on the problem and allowing your inner knowing to give you some creative solutions to think about is a a really great practical way to kind of get to that next level, even if it's just one step up. Mm Mm-hmm. That's a great, that's a great way to look at it. I think, you know, your mindset is so key. I talk about this all the time on the podcast with guests. And one of the things that I am conditioning myself to do is to celebrate everything. Mm -hmm. Um, The small wins, the big wins, um, the setbacks, because the setbacks um, give insights into mistakes and errors and changes that need to happen and lessons that need to be learned that allow you to, that, uh, that allow you to take that next big step forward, right, mm-hmm. towards your success. And, you know, even during our, our incubator, I had things going on in the business that were setting me back. I'm like, oh my God, oh my God. And I remember there were times during class where I was on my laptop frantically sending emails because I had overlooked something or I had made a misstep on something. And I was like, I can't believe I'm here in this incubator learning about how to scale my business, but I'm here trying to fix a mistake I made with a billing issue or with some random thing. And I shouldn't be on my computer, but I have to fix this now. Otherwise, I'm 
and losing money right now. And, you know, we probably were not sitting at the same table, but it was just like driving me crazy. (laughs) You know, it's instances like that, but I tried to celebrate everything because one of the things I realized from that instance was that I have to celebrate that because I had a hole in the way I was billing that I had to fix that Mm -hmm. if I had gotten, you know, if, if today I was to be handed a thousand new customers, that system would fail. And I fix that. So it's, I almost feel like every time I'm faced with a stumbling block and every time I'm faced with a challenge, it's preparing me towards that vision, right? Yeah. Because where I was yesterday, I wasn't ready for that vision. And every day that I make progress, it inches me closer to that vision. Where I was last year, there was so much I didn't know that I know now that if I didn't know what I know now, there's no way I would be anywhere closer to my vision, if that makes any sense. <laughs> yeah, like the, the mistakes were almost like the, the setup for what you it's, needed to do so that you could get to that next level. So exactly. instead of beating yourself up, like, oh my God, I made this mistake. How could I have been so dumb to you know have this problem happen and just kind of go down that rabbit hole? If you do adopt the mindset of like, well, wait a minute, this is a lesson. And now I get to, I get to adjust this so that I can do bigger, better things. Man, like those that problem is the same problem. Or but if you look at it like a, an opportunity, which is really you know uh, what they taught us in our class, um, you know there is progress to be made. And then you can you can also celebrate the fact that you were knowledgeable enough or had the insight to look at it like that. Like, mm-hmm. that's amazing. That's, that's almost being mature too, I think. Um, it's a little immature and I totally am immature. So I'm not judging. <laughs> <laughs> you are not immature, Adrian. Yes, I am. Joking. <laughs> I mean, but to me, it's all about putting... I think, you know, I think about it as... Every failure, every setback, every feeling I feel is just me getting myself into alignment for the big, major, massive thing that's coming my way in terms of success. Mm-hmm. And now when I think about my vision and where I am now, I know that I'm successful to a degree of where I am now. I'm successful to this degree. Yeah. In comparison to my vision, I'm not quite there. But And it can get frustrating. It can get depressing. We have days where we cry every day. You know, we talk about all the stuff in class, you know? <laughs> 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 I think the class was a cry fest. <laughs> we cried all the time. It was it, this? And for those of you listening who have businesses, this is normal stuff. Like you're gonna feel like you want to quit every single day, and then you're gonna feel like, oh my god, this is so amazing every single day. It's like all these crazy emotions. But then it, it's just, what do you do when you feel those feelings? Right? You cannot wallow and be like, woe is me, and be like, okay, this business can go to hell because then it will. <laughs> <laughs> You have to just suck it up and celebrate and take the lessons and be like, okay, I'm going to step away from this computer and go take a break and refresh my brain, meditate, pray, do my devotional, whatever it is you need to get yourself into that headspace, have lunch with a friend, you know, something and then come back to it. Yeah. So, yeah. So what have been some of your biggest frustrations in business? (laughs) <laughs> and as a business owner. <laughs> Do we have another hour? <laughs> um, <clears throat> okay. I'll, I'll, I'll try to narrow it down to uh, a couple of things. Um, first, uh, a frustration is that I 
am not able to charge for whatever reason um, the the fees or, or command the fees that I I I think I I can or that I want to. Um, again, I think that that can that's a little bit of me, but it, it's um, you know the frustration is is client pipeline not being able to charge constantly um, compromising you know what I truly want um, that is a huge frustration um, I do think that that then sets up everything else so then I don't have enough capital to hire the people that I need to scale my business and then you know turning to the financial markets I think it's very challenging for women to get access to to financing and to you know prove that the the business that you're pursuing is a worthwhile investment um, so it, you know really I mean it is about the, the the financing aspect of it or or just the cash flow that has been super frustrating to me. Um, and then it's also frustrating to see everything else that's going on out there across social media um, that is related, but not exactly the same as you know what I'm doing. And to think that there's maybe some other businesses out there that that don't have the the great stuff or don't you know approach things in the same amazing way that I do, that they are more successful than I am. Um, that has been very frustrating to me. Those two things. So, what are you going to do do about it? <laughs> oh, that's the next question. Um, you know, one of the things that in in the the Goldman Sachs Tory Burch Ten Thousand Small Businesses Program um, that I, I took away is that I am going to raise my rates to a level that make me feel really good about the services that I'm offering and that I'm not diminishing myself. And if I stick to that and don't back off of that, I believe that the right clients will come to me. When I diminish my value or compromise my fees because I'm nervous that I'm going to lose a client or that I won't get clients, I end up attracting those people that don't have the money to pay. So, you know, by sticking to something and allowing maybe people that aren't exactly a right fit for me to fall away, it, it provides the opportunity for the right people to come to me. So that is one thing that I have committed to is sticking to my um, higher fees because I believe that I have so much experience and knowledge and insight and passion that my my fees are in line with the the value that I deliver. I agree 100%, Adrian. You're good at what you do. You have shown us in class. You show women at your conference that you're good at what you do. And honestly, this is not something that is just unique to you. This pricing in business and charging what you're worth, even I have struggled with this. And I think that this is a block that is unique or you know more common with women because guys will just put a number out there and be like, that's a number. You know, like... Yeah. 
and you you know this is why car salesmen thrive because they throw out the most ridiculous numbers and they they really you have to be a good negotiator to get them to budge from that horrific number they put at you yeah. but you know with us we kind of like well well we we, we internalize all this self negotiation and self oh well well people will want to buy this oh well there's some other people doing the same thing as me oh well oh well and I've been victim to this and I had to get to the realization of well you are good at what you do and this is valuable content and people who who value what you offer will pay you for this and you have to do that for yourself too and there are people who are going to be mad that you raise your prices there are people who are going to resist this price increase but those are not the customers for you right and you have to be confident in what you're worth because you know the you know you know they you know what you you know what you have put into this right you know and this even applies to you know, ladies, if you're listening and you are in a career, when you're going out to ask for a salary or ask for a raise and negotiating what is being laid out on the table, a lot of times like, oh, well, that's okay. Well, I don't want to, you know, muddy the waters. I don't want to ask for more. And then I, you know, it becomes a big thing. You have to ask for what you're worth. And the worst thing that's going to happen is that they're going to say, no, we can't give you this. The person's going to tell you, Adrian, no, I cannot buy from you. Mm-hmm. And then it's okay, bye. Maybe when you can buy, you can come back. But then mm-hmm. you then focus on creating your business and your brand to attract the people who can afford to pay you. That's your job. Your job is not to, you know, massage the people who can't afford to pay you into into paying you because what what happens to those type of people is that eventually they're gonna fall off because they'll pay you because oh yeah, they got you know, teased and coaxed into buying this, but they're they're not going to stick with you because they really don't value this. If they already came to you with the mindset of, oh, this is too expensive, too expensive, somebody's already cheaper, then they're not really meant to be there for you. However, if you're with, if you're attracting people who actually see the value in what you're worth, right, they will stay with you no no matter what your price is, right? Mm. Like random example, but handbags, right? Why do women pay $6,000 for a Chanel handbag, right? Yeah. yeah. And not, without, I mean, the reason why I bring up that Chanel handbag example is because Chanel and Coach, I read an article where in certain parts, certain parts of the industry, those two companies offer certain handbag lines, they source their leathers from the same locations and sometimes the same areas, right? So, there is possibility that the same leather on a $6,000 Chanel handbag is the same leather that's on a $700 coach bag. Well, why do people keep going to buy the Chanel bag? Because they see the value. They love the brand. They don't care about the price or the price increases. They're still going to pay money. They're going to pay top dollar because they want that Chanel bag, even though coach is made as beautifully, even though coach has the same, you know, uh, quality, whatever. I'm not even explaining this example, right? But you get what I'm trying to say. Like, yeah, your value is your value and you have to be proud of your value and you have to be proud of what you bring to the table. And that's the way I look at myself. And I used to be that girl like, oh my God, people are not going to come. People are not going to want to pay if I charge too much. People are going to think that I'm, you know, and now I don't even care. 
like when I first started my business, I was all about saying yes to everybody because I was like, oh yeah, I want to be the nice mm-hmm. <laughs> and affordable. <laughs> yeah. And I realized that when I say yes to everybody, everybody that I say yes to is not for me. And I don't mean that in a negative way, but I'm not for everybody and not everybody is not for me. And that applies to anyone who's listening to this. You are not for everybody and everybody is not for you, right? So you Mm -hmm. want to focus on attracting the people that are for you and being available to the people that you are for. Yeah, it's so important and it's so right. And your example is so right on. Um, It's sort of like, even if the, you know, even if the thing is made from the same, um, you know, inputs, right? It's bigger the value is bigger than the 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 raw material and mm-hmm. it really is the brand and what that brand means to you and what that brand does for you in the same way that you know you you know i and someone else could have attended the the same schools and had the same um you know experiences and things like that but you know the the special sauce, I, I guess, that I bring is different than than somebody else, and that's the that's the differentiating factor. That that special something is is where the value truly is, and you know I know that you have that, I know that I have that, and we just need to be very clear on on claiming that, and and I'm sure that every single one of your listeners has that special something too. And I think that that's what we need to put our energy into is discovering and talking about that special aspect of what we do rather than the, uh, you know, the, the generic inputs or the generic raw materials. <laughs> that's a great way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, my question was around the frustrations in business and we all feel them. I mean, I have my own frustrations in my own business and even with my own myself as a business owner, right? Like for example, one of my frustrations is that sometimes I'll find myself in the space where I'll tell myself I'm okay. You know, I'm okay in the space. I'm doing good. I'm okay. And that big goal, I could just shift it a little bit further down the timeline because I'm okay. And then I have to check myself. I'm like, no, you're not okay. Just because your hair doesn't mean that you should get complacent and you should, you know, kind of settle into your comfort zone. You have to keep teetering on the edge of discomfort because that's where you grow. Yeah. Right? And I have to force myself out of my comfy comfort zone and back onto the edge of the mountain. <laughs> <laughs> so that's one of my frustrations because I know myself. I, you know, sometimes I'll get in that space like, oh, this is this is nice and cozy. I'm not gonna work on that thing over there, you know, as a business owner. And frustrations are also with hiring people. I think hiring yeah. one of the hardest parts um, and finding good talent. Um, but, you know, one of my MOs now is always, okay, what am I going to do to get past this? And once I get past it, I'm going to celebrate whatever that thing was, the setback, mm-hmm. success, the small success, the big success. I'm all about knowing that everything that I'm going through right now is just putting me in alignment. For that big that. That that's that takes a, a lot to also be in recognition of that as you're going through it because you can get sucked into all of this and not have that perspective. Um, and I am going to to do that too. Hearing you because it you know it it's the right it's the right thing to do to keep you moving forward and moving 
you know, even if it's not on the edge, but at least toward the edge. Yeah. I mean, I mean, first of all, there's my office wall where I yell at myself on this wall. (laughs) 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 I need to take a look at this wall and see all the stuff I have. Yeah. Right back at me. (laughs) (laughs) And then there's, of course, you know, having to face people like my mom. Yeah. Yeah. So that business that you started, clever girl. (laughs) (laughs) I just, I feel like I'm holding myself up to such high standards that I will be so disappointed in myself if I don't just execute this thing according to the way that I have this vision laid out in front of me. And of course, God's plan, obviously, but, you know, so I'm holding myself to some really high standards. So, you you know, you have to self-motivate. And of course, you know, I cry in my office all the time. I roll on the ground. I'm like, oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) i completely get my life (laughs) well i think you also have to i think it's okay too like you know that's something very different from from corporate as well and yeah you're by yourself so you know people aren't watching (laughs) the breakdown happen but the the fact of allowing yourself to feel those emotions and to you know kind of let them let them flow and then let them go, um, which is, you know, something that in yoga they say a lot, you know, let it flow and then let it go. Like, don't don't hold on to it. I think that that can also be very powerful because those emotions are, you know, releases that that you need. And if you don't, if you don't allow that to happen, you're going to, you're going to get stuck. So, you know, cry away, like scream, you know, do whatever that it, that you need to do in order to release those frustrations so that you can move forward. So if you're at a career, you're at a job, you cannot scream and slam <laughs> the door at your boss, but you can go to HR and shut the door and cry and break down in front of them because <laughs> that's yeah. part of their job description. <laughs> yep. <laughs> So feel free yeah. to take advantage of your HR perk. No, honestly, <laughs> my friend works in HR, a really good friend of, friend of mine. And she's like, you know, like she cannot, like at least once a week, somebody comes into her office and has a meltdown. Yeah. And she actually appreciates that because, you know, it gives her a sense of openness to that person to understand what's really, really happening in that role and in that position with that person. And she feels more uncomfortable when they just come in and say, you know what, I quit. Damn this place. I'm out of here. Yeah. You know, so take advantage of that HR resource if you have to. And if you don't like that one HR lady, find another HR lady. Yeah. <laughs> or, or, HR man, or man. Or yes, HR man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Adrian, so one of the things that you do incredibly well is that you talk to women about pitching. Yes. And leading themselves and just basically, you know, putting themselves out there to seal deals, close contracts, raise money. You're great. You're a great, great pitcher. And pitching is something that I'm working on and working on that skill set of mine because that's something I'm going to be doing a lot in the future. And a lot of my listeners are women who are going to be pitching either in their businesses, in their careers, um, just in different ways, you know, pitching is not just about raising money. You can be pitching yourself for a new position at work. Um, you can be positioning yourself. You can be pitching yourself to 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 lead a new project. You can be pitching yourself for so many different things. So, how do you go about becoming good at pitching and building that skill set? Sure. Yeah, I, I 
totally agree with you. It's um, it's a skill that can be used in multiple areas. Um, I think, you know, what I do as part of the conference and sometimes standalone, and I'm also going to be um, offering this as a, a service to, to women because they really do need this. Um, it's very important to first and foremost... Two things are, are very important. First and foremost, know who it is to whom you're pitching, right? So know your audience. That way, the, the message that you have is going to be heard. So you can deliver any type of message, but if it's to the wrong audience, if, if your message is crafted to be delivered to the wrong audience, it's, it's not going to you know, be received. And that's one of the most important pieces of communication in general is that your message is received. It's not good enough to just say what your message is. So first things first, know your audience. Second is know yourself. What is it that you're pitching? What is it that makes you unique? What is it that makes you captivating? With those two things, you are you know, on the right path to crafting a, a message that is going to be received. And one of the things that I see time and time again uh, during these, these pitching events... And, and the, the pitching events that I do are not so that women can secure financing like a la Shark Tank. They're more for pitching themselves as thought leaders or their businesses to the media so that the media can be interested in what that person has to say so that they can do a story on them or cover them or invite them onto a show. Um, so it's really important to be succinct. You want the person who you're delivering the message to to ask for more. So you want to give them enough so that they are interested in what you have to say. They're captivated. There's a proof point in there, whether it's a, st a statistic uh, about something that is you know, timely and worldly, um, or if, if you can tie it to something that is happening in, in the world. Um, you know, you want to show relevance. And you want that person on the other end to feel compelled to want to learn more about you. And I think that that cuts across anything, whether it's media, whether it's going for a job, whether it's for even, you know, even in, in personal situations, networking, right? You want to say something that's compelling and interesting so that that other person says, oh my gosh, really? Tell me more. Or, oh, I've never heard that before. Can you explain that to me? You want to open pitching is so that you can open a, a greater dialogue and a more in-depth conversation. That's awesome. Those are great, great tips. And I'm going to have to revisit this part of the podcast so that I can remember those when I go on my next pitch. <laughs> <laughs> and you're, I mean, you are an incredible pitcher. You have such wonderful, warm presence. You know, you you have a lot of things going for you. You're articulate. I don't think that you have much work to do in order to refine your pitch. I, I would say you're there. 
I claim that. <laughs> <laughs> so guys, without saying too much, Adrian, you can't say too much because I don't know if we're allowed to. Okay. But in our program, we had like a couple pitch days. And all I'll say is that we got ripped to shreds the first yes. time. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we did. Because it was really difficult. <laughs> and I think we all left there with a little bit of low morale. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we kind of rebounded. So I'm working on my pitch. But I'm really glad to hear that coming from you, though. <laughs> yeah, you know, one of the things um, right before I went into my pitch is I had, um, I had a, a presentation and it really wasn't um, wasn't that long at all, um, but my advisor told me to take everything out of it. He said, "Remove this, remove that, remove." And I'm like, "Remove, remove." What? I'm left with nothing, and I literally was left with you know a couple of words, <laughs> and, and I didn't know what he was you know doing to me. It made me so nervous, but he was so right. I I don't need you don't need you know this this crutch to lean on you lean on the key words you lean on the key points and you connect with the audience that's advice I think for communications for anybody in any situation, even, you know, even dating for, for goodness sakes, <laughs> right? <laughs> That's very true. So Adrian, I'd love for you to share with us, what is your Clever Girl superpower? Oh my gosh. I, I knew this question. Because I, oh, yeah. I know you're good at that. <laughs> uh, I, I knew that this question was coming and, uh, I, I, you know, it's part of the like, oh my gosh, do I even have a superpower? You know, it, you sure do. <laughs> <okay>. <laughs> um, I, I do think that my superpower, the, the the thing that first came to me when when I saw this question and thought about it was I do feel like my superpower is connecting with people. I really am fascinated by by people and I love talking to people um and not everybody does and and people are nervous I am not nervous I, I am so curious um and and I want to learn about people and where they came from and what drives them and so I I feel like my um my curiosity ha- has this unintended but very positive consequence in that it gives me confidence to talk to anybody. So superpower, Adrian Garland, maybe confidence. I love it. And you are very confident. <laughs> oh, thank you. That's just because I'm curious. <laughs> so this has been such a great con- um, conversation, Adrian. I really appreciate you coming and being honest and just sharing your heart and your journey with all of my listeners. And I'd love for you to share how they can keep up with you and learn more about you. Oh, great. Yeah. Thank you so much. This this has been so much fun. Uh, so first and foremost, my website, which is sheleadsmedia.com. And on that, you can find links to my conference, which is happening on October 12th in New York City at Wells Fargo. It's an all-day conference. And I would love for your listeners to be there and and attend. And I'd love to say hello to everybody. And I can also be found on social media. Uh, My Instagram handle is SheLeadsMedia. Excuse me. 
My Facebook uh, group is also She Leads Media. And uh, my Twitter handle is She Leads It. IT. She Leads It. Okay. Um, so yeah, connect with me. Uh, also, I'm on LinkedIn as Adrian Garland. I'm always happy to meet new clever girls <laughs> all the time. Um, so thank you so, so much, Bola. Thank you so much, Adrian. This has been so, so amazing. I appreciate your time. Thank you. I hope you guys enjoyed listening into the conversation I had with Adrian. And if you did enjoy it, please be sure to head over to iTunes and leave a review on the podcast. And don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and also on YouTube. I'll talk to you guys on the next episode of the podcast. Thanks for listening.